0: The WealthManagement.com Advisor Innovations Podcast is sponsored by LPL. As financial advice continues to evolve, LPL is at the forefront. Whether it's growing your RIA or building an independent practice, advisors can pick the business model, services, technology, and product mix that best meets their clients' needs. As a top wealth management firm 100% dedicated to advisor success, LPL looks forward to learning how they can help you build your tomorrow today. For information and show notes, go visit lpl.com slash advisor innovation. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the Advisor Innovations Podcast. I'm David Armstrong. As you know, this is the podcast that just gives me a chance to talk to people in the industry who are moving the wealth management into interesting areas, interesting directions, moving the business forward. And I'm here with uh, Robert Sophia. Robert, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Hello, David. I am happy to be here. And in uh, person, which in is person, great. In
0: person, which is great. This is actually the first time I've done this con- this podcast in person, face-to-face with someone. So this is a new experience for me. I
1: hope I don't ruin it for you.
0: You're not going to ruin it. Uh, this is the Wealth Management Edge Conference. Uh, first time we're doing this podcast at a conference. So all sorts of first here. I appreciate it. Thanks yep. very much for, for doing it
1: for us. I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh,
0: I think most people will know you as the founder of Snappy Kraken, the Probably. uniquely named uh, uh, digital marketing company for financial advisors specifically. Mm-hmm. You want to just take a quick moment, though, for those who don't, and tell us what Snappy Kraken is uh, and what problem you're solving for advisors.
1: Yes. Snappy Kraken is a growth program, simply put. It is automated, but we try to automate it in a really human way. So we use text messaging email, even advertising, and all different types of content to help advisors engage with their clients and with prospects and grow their audience at the same time.
0: It's, it's interesting to me because when I started looking at this industry, studying it some 10 years ago, referrals, 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 and advisors spent absolutely no attention, paid no attention, spent nothing on marketing, with the exception of the occasional radio show, perhaps, local radio show, or a uh, you know, a, a retirement seminar somewhere, Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, advisors spent nothing on marketing.
1: Yeah. That was the business yeah. I came into yeah. 20 years ago, almost the same way. Yeah. It's definitely evolved.
0: Yeah. And referrals I think still are the way that most advisors get their clients. What do you add to this to, you know, bolster that kind of, you know, development growth, business growth program for advisors uh, you know, it's a clearly referrals still work but they can't work alone anymore in the environment that we're in, right? If I'm an advisor and I, uh, uh, someone refers a, a friend to me, the first thing that friend's going to do is check me out online, right? So there's just the pure cold referral doesn't seem to hold, hold it anymore. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the answer is it depends. Uh, we work with 6,000 advisors. So I see everything. And I, I still see advisors growing a business by referrals, albeit usually they're not fast growing. Um, some have really good systems for generating referrals consistently, and, and that's good for them. But most advisors are not able to grow a business especially, maybe sustain one, maybe a, a lifestyle business. But if they really want to grow it, referrals usually aren't enough. And and so wh- what we try to do is demystify the whole digital marketing thing too. It, it, it's not just data and technology and social media. It, it's about how you forge deeper relationships with people at scale in a repeatable way just like real life you have to meet people you have to build likability and trust with those people you meet and then you have to transition from that to conversations about finances and wealth management and estate planning and other things and how you do all of that in an Offline world, you know, you meet, you shake hands, you have a conversation. Well, how do you take that same process people have to go through, whether it's online or offline, and you apply it and support it with technology and content? And, and that's really what it comes down to is just helping advisors build relationships at scale. If they need a big audience and they want to grow fast, you've got to advertise. you got to be out there more. If you want to grow slower, you need a smaller audience, maybe you can work your existing network. But how that's done just depends on the advisor and their goals.
0: And when you waded into this uh, uh, with Snappy Kraken, and, and uh, how long has it been? How, when did you find Sna- found Snappy Kraken? Yeah, it, we,
1: we founded it in June 2016, but okay. we, we didn't launch the retail current version of our platform until early 2018, April okay. actually. So okay. it was, it's actually been a little less time, I guess three and a half years or so since we've really been driving hard on the, the retail platform.
0: But I mean, in three and a half years though, there's been some significant growth. I mean, uh, Snappy Kraken has really grown quickly. I mean, how many employees do you have now? A
1: hundred and fifteen. 115 yeah. employees.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, yeah. In three years, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I think it maybe speaks to the need that you're addressing, right? Uh, when you first started this and came in, I was thinking advisors didn't even really have any kind of social media presence, didn't have any kind of online presence except for maybe a generic website that they posted because they had to. Uh, you know, Do they know how to work their LinkedIn networks? I mean, I think most of them just didn't have to do that. Partially because, I mean, the markets were going up, 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 up. So you don't really have to, you know, hides a lot of sins, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you can (laughs) have growth without doing much at all. We're kind of seeing that change a little bit. But, you know, I mean, you must have just seen a lot of blank slates uh, when you got into this thing, uh, you know, going into an advisor's office and saying, show me what you do. You must have just seen, like, greenfield out there to, you know, cultivate.
1: Definitely. And we still do. And I don't know what's worse. A blank slate, or something done really, really badly. And there's a lot of that too, unfortunately, because in the early 2000s, when social media was rising and people were realizing that the website was really important, and hey, emailing people consistently is really important. And these were actually very like new concepts to a lot of advisors back in 2004, 2005. There were companies popping up and, and churning out really generic, mm-hmm. bland websites and really bad social media content. And mm-hmm. a lot of advisors were i don't want to say they were duped everybody had good intentions but it's like swipe your credit card and all your marketing problems will be solved was kind of the mindset and that was a a shortcut it seemed to solving it and so what we actually see is a lot of advisors still like they're on old legacy platforms with really bland boring you know cookie cutter websites and just auto posting and auto emailing whatever random things the system decides that might not be relevant to their clients and might not be relevant to their practice i'd I think I'd rather see more blank slates, but but yeah. that's you know that's really what we see even more of now because advisors kind of transitioned over the last you know ten fifteen years from blank slates mm-hmm. to a lot of like whatever they happen to be forced on by their broker dealer or you know swipe their credit or whatever, for. They
0: used, whatever they use whatever they picked up because they thought it was a good I- good idea at the time right yeah and 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 you see this right I mean you're sending all of your uh, prospects the 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 same newsletters the same content or or worse right we sometimes see advisors in the same broker dealer or the same you know advisory network all posting the same stuff On their social media as if this was something unique to them but you know you see it all over you know the same content all over the place yeah Uh, we see this happen all the time so uh, i understand a great need that you're feeling but you know the way that you want to help advisors relate to their clients individually at scale how do you help advisors at scale with this right i mean if each advisor needs kind of their own unique marketing program how can you do that across however many advisors you serve now
1: yeah it's a good question because when you were saying that about like all posting the same thing or all emailing the same thing, like I really think it's important to create a little carve out there to acknowledge that we actually do provide a lot of that type of thing for advisors, but it's the way that we do it and the context in which we do it that makes it effective. So I'll, I'll give you some examples. Historically, you get all your email addresses from clients and prospects. You put them on a list and you email them all the, the, the newsletter every week, right? That's a historical example of how advisors might market. Or they get on a platform and it just auto posts social media every week to all the advisors, right? There's no personalization. There's no context. There are places in an advisor's business where it is vitally important that everything be 100% unique to them. Their logo, their website, the videos on their website, the pictures on their website, the, everything about their online presence should be very unique to their brand. That is something they own. It is, it is private real estate. But in, if you think about that in context, by the time somebody's there, they're researching you. Mm-hmm. So it matters there. But now, let's flip the script to a different context. Let's say that somebody is an absolutely cold prospect just browsing the internet. They don't know you yet. They're not interested in you. How are they going to actually become engaged with that initial conversation. Well, now we can go a little shallower, actually, because they don't care about you yet. They don't care about your brand yet. They care about whatever they want an answer to. They have a question on their mind. They have a uh, something they're researching. So when you are doing like cold social media outreach or you're doing advertising, well, it doesn't need to be about you and your brand. It needs to be about the prospect. It needs to be about the audience you're targeting and what their center of interest and focus is. But see, then now we back up. They've now consumed that content. Let's say they want want the answer to uh, how technology entrepreneurs like themselves are able to do A, B, and C to secure their retirement. Well, now the question becomes, okay, who's behind this? Then they learn about you. Now we'll flip the script the other way. Let's say somebody's a client. You have a deep relationship with them. You've been serving them for years. They don't need to see your value prop anymore. Who cares about your value prop? Now there's a relationship. So the communication changes again. Now it can be a personal email. It can be a text message. Hey, Dave, uh, just checking on you. want to see how you're doing. been thinking about you and your family. Mm. Let me know if there's anything you need. Or, hey, Dave, you know, there's been a, a pretty rough market these last few weeks. I know you trust us to monitor everything for you. But if you're worried about anything, I just want you to know I'm here. Now, you can't do that with a cold prospect who's never met you, but you can with a client. So what you have to do is you have to keep the core of your brand unique and then you have to figure out based on the rest of the audience what's right for them at that time and you can use a proven framework it doesn't have to be created from scratch every single time it just has to be right for that audience and that's what we really try to focus on is what audience is this for what stage of the relationship are they at and then we the third thing we do which is really unique and you know, I'm not trying to plug snappy crack, and I think any advisor should be doing this, is we we, we sort of force them to personalize things. Mm. Like, we don't ever just send stuff out for them. And I think that's really dangerous, because if a client calls you, it's like, hey, I got this thing from you, what is this about? And you're like, oh, I don't know, my website just sent that to you. Right, yeah. Like, okay, relationship trust goes down. Right. So, we we actually have them open it up. There, it's a framework, here it is, it's proven, but right here, insert at the beginning of this, something about you personally, something about what you did over the weekend, something about your family, drop a photo here. Or here's an outline for a video. Record this video and drop it here. And what you're doing is you're taking a a tested, proven framework, but you're inserting yourself to add authenticity. And that does two things. Saves the advisor a ton of time and effort, Mm. but it also performs. And that's the sweet spot we're playing in.
0: It's almost like you're you're, uh, kind of greasing the wheels for advisors to get authentic messages out there, right? I mean, they're, right. they're doing it in the templates that work and the distributions uh, uh, systems that work, but allowing them to customize these with their own little inserts of whether it's video or something else, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, a lot of advisors are terrible at video, right? You know, maybe there's something else that they have to do, but uh, authenticity is very important. I know you've, you've spoken to this many Indeed. times that the authenticity for the advisor is very important. Are there things that you do to help those advisors kind of find their authentic voice? Because I mean, we could talk about authenticity, but I think a lot of advisors maybe just don't it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I can be an authentic person, but uh, I don't know how to express it in the forms that would work in these programs.
1: Yeah, that, that's the harder part. Yeah. It really is. Um, and, and I don't even think that we do as good a job at that as I want to in the future. Uh, we, we have coaching that we provide. We have uh, weekly training sessions. And we even have some partnerships with other firms that do coaching. Like, for example, a FICOM. Uh, they have a video coaching program and we refer our advisors to it they help them with lighting and audio and training and um you know if they need help in that area they can help them but one of the things we really try most of all to do is just help advisors to understand that they are being authentic if they're being themselves and people already like them and chose them because of who they are and people will continue to do so so don't try to put on anything Mm -hmm. just show up pretend it's a client across the desk from you and just answer their questions Mm -hmm. say hi my name is and i'm here to talk to you about question and then answer it just like you're answering it for betty and june who come in every single week and get that advice from you yeah um that's it
0: yeah and uh, you you've talked before about the uh the the natural selection process of the right client right and if you're not doing that authentic outreach Perhaps you're getting the clients that aren't right for you, right? I mean, if you're oh, kind yeah. of like trying to put on a show, put on an act, or you know, build something that's not real, the, advice, the clients that are attracted to you won't be the right clients.
1: That's right. Yeah. Let me
0: see this. You know, we can go more into the business and 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 this, but I'm really kind of interested. In, how did you stumble upon this? I mean, uh, you know, can you give me a little bit of your background? I mean, where, where did you grow up? Were you, were you an advisor before uh, getting into marketing?
1: How did, yeah. And how did you
0: stumble into advisory? Where? Where? What was the?
1: Yeah. It. I, I really started my career in retail sales is where it started my first job i was like 17 16 or 17 i didn't want to work in fast food i wanted to work i went out to the mall and i applied at like jewelry stores and i started selling jewelry and, and where are we is this, uh, this is in tennessee, tennessee Murfreesboro, tennessee and uh i realized I, I could sell and i started like pursuing sales jobs you know all through school and i did i sold so much stuff dave i sold knives and rvs and there's really? all kinds of things but um at, at some point, RVs. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I sold. R- let's see, what did I sell? I, oh man, I could go on. Knives, RVs. Why are those the only two things coming to mind right yeah. now? Oh, so you things. Cars. Anyway, there's a bunch of other stuff. But yeah,
0: was it was it just like I like, mean, like this uh, is like from
1: like 17 to like 21. Okay. You know, like trying to figure out my thing. You know? Okay. And then, I lost a job while I was on my honeymoon. Actually, I, I came back. My boss didn't like that. I that was the RV job. I didn't like that I was gone for a week. And I was looking for jobs. And Ford Motor Company was trying to start a program, and the dealership in my town was one of the number one dealerships in the nation. So they were trying to install a a new program for marketing to current Ford owners to get them to come back and buy more cars. Mm -hmm. So that's when my career in marketing started. And I was employee number one for that program. I built it up over three years, it transformed that store, and Ford installed it in dealers all over the world. I got to help dealers in Chile and other, even other countries to build this program to build loyalty for the Ford brand. And it's still in, in dealerships everywhere. All the car brands have it now. It's called a BDC, Business Development Center.
0: Incredible. And, and how old are you at this time?
1: Uh, I was, let's see, 24 or 25 at the time when I finally left that. So 22, it was about three or four years, 22 to 25, something like that.
0: Amazing. And, and the program that you built was to uh, encourage current Ford owners You come back to that same store and upgrade their car.
1: So we we did email and phone calls. It was like email, phone calls, and websites for dealers, and it was it was very successful. But because I started at entry level and I had bigger aspirations and I was young, I didn't feel like I was climbing my career like I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And a buddy of mine came to me and he said, You know, the wealth management industry is like twenty years behind and you could do so much here. And I got recruited by an RIA, a really nice firm. Got me securities license, brought me in. Are we still in Tennessee? No, I'm sorry. I had moved down to Florida at this time. Okay. So got me securities license. I fell in love with the industry. I was like, this is absolutely underserved with marketing. This is a great business that we're, we're helping people in amazing ways. I can buy into marketing this. And we grew that firm from about $120 million in AUM to about $750 million in AUM in less than five years.
0: Incredible, and, and they brought you marketing. in. They brought you in as a marketer. Yep, I mean that was your role there. Yep, I mean they got you licensed, and yep. you were you know, but uh, VP of marketing. But the role was you're going to market this firm. Yep, and and how did you do? it? What was your first step there?
1: Oh, I mean, I that's that's where I go way back. It's funny because in the last session I was talking, we were talking about data, how to use data to improve your business. Yeah. and one of the panelists said, you know, I'm sure a lot of these advisors are really overwhelmed by how to use all this data, and they don't know how to maximize their CRM. Right. <laughs> I, I told them about the the uh index card box with a a card for every month of the year and whenever a client would come in and, s- and you learn that they have a birthday or a child's birthday or an anniversary or the date of somebody's death you just put the card in for that month and every month you pull the stack out and put it on your desk and call three a day until the stack amazing. is gone you amazing. know like so this is like the kind of stuff we just what we did is we looked at the business and said how can we create a really amazing client experience and how can we amplify it and we did client events we did mailers we did email marketing and and it just it, that whole experience got me. It was about from I guess originally 2004, and dates are escaping me exactly, but 2004 to to about 2009. Okay, that five-year period was really formative in my career, and and um, once I realized that this this model could work for so many other advisors. Then I started the first consulting business I had. It was called Platinum Advisor Strategies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we just did this manually for everybody. And then I exited that business in 2016 to do it with technology. And that's Snappy Kraken.
0: And that's Snappy Kraken. Well, that's, that's the whole
1: background. People are probably tuning off right now because are like, I don't know this much about this No, guy. it's amazing. <laughs> but
0: It's amazing. But where did you get the uh, natural sales ability? Where does that come from? I mean, you were selling knives and uh, RVs at yeah. you know, 16, 17, 18.
1: You know, I've got to give credit to my grandfather. Okay. Uh, we had a family business when I was a kid, uh, building swimming pools. Okay. And from the time I was about... Uh, you know seven or eight my grandmother would pick me up from school take me to the the family business and it was it was a good like for a pool company it was good they were doing about a million dollars a year back in the 80s and um i would sit with him when he would have meetings with people that would come in and i remember him teaching me like one of the things i'll never forget from him like he like would demonstrate for me he'd say now no son once they are quiet hand them the pen (laughs) (laughs) he says hand them the pen don't ask them to sign just hand them the pen and slide the contract over, you know, and, and that's what he would do. And I so I watched him, I w- he was, I was watching him close, you know, yeah. from the time I was like eight till, you know, 14 or something like that. That's so. fantastic.
0: And it's, you know, probably a decision to put in a pool uh, at that time was probably similar to a decision to go with an advisor, right? I mean, it's a, it's a big decision. It's <laughs> like, a big decision to sign over. You sure, know, that's gonna sure. That's going to be a, yeah. not
1: a small thing. It's going to be construction.
0: When you got to that first RA and you were building that marketing program, uh, you must have like bumped into a lot of walls, a lot of things that didn't work. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. What were, what were some things that uh, yeah. you found that you thought held promise but didn't?
1: Yeah. You know? That's part That's part of the process of marketing, period. It's a really good lesson. Like, a lot of things don't work, and, and you have to keep trying. And for me, most of the time, it was that technology wasn't where it needed to be yet. Mm-hmm. You know, systems weren't talking to each other. Um, you know, even uh, just an example, like, I really went all in on email marketing, you know, for, for several years, building an email list, and I was able to buy emails and, and put them into a database and just email people cold and get a lot of responses. But then, all of a sudden, anti-spam laws mm-hmm. and, and then systems started shutting us down and blacklisting our accounts and what was working didn't work anymore. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta have a new approach, you know? And then we do mailers. We do seminars. we were in a good retirement community. Mm-hmm. And then more advisors started coming into this community and everybody's doing seminars. The joke was you could eat free every day of the week in town. <laughs> so now your seminars aren't as competitive. It's harder to get people there. So then how do you run a better event to get people there. And then that merged into client events. And then we tried different types of client events, you know, bowling events and, and, and ladies shopping you know, like days wine and wine tasting, everything else, you know, and, and you just, you keep at it. And, and that's kind of scrappy fortitude to just keep on marketing and keep trying new things. Uh, it's led to growth, you know, for for me, for the businesses that I've supported. And it's just part of our DNA. And I can tell you right now. Like social media used to fuel a lot of growth and now it's much harder Mm -hmm. and that's always going to be that way and and what's the next thing and that's where we're always kind of looking like how do we keep doing the table stakes well branding great branding never changes it's always going to be here right Mm -hmm. but then how do we also move things forward so that when the next thing that's going to help advisors grow is here our industry isn't 20 years behind anymore we're already adopting it just like other industries are and that's sort of what drives me in this business because you, you could say, like, why is it that all these other businesses can can use testimonials and advisors can't? Well, that was a regulation issue, right? But, okay, finally, finally RIAs can But then there are lots of other things, too, other technologies, you know, AI and predictive analytics and, and big data integrations. And there's so much potential there. And that's where we're really looking right now on our roadmap because how can we help advisors use that like some of the biggest businesses in the world do? and And that's where… I think there's still so much potential in this industry.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, uh, you know, maybe recognition of uh, uh, I think machine learning, artificial intelligence. It seems to me that the applications there are going to be more in the marketing of an advisory firm, maybe even more so than in the investment management of an advisory firm, right? Because I mean, that's I where the, 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 the real meshing of the data comes together.
1: I'll give you an uh, example. Yeah, like, please. Like, like just, just imagine this. It's very simple. Somebody opts in to a piece of marketing And because you want a higher opt-in rate, you only require them to give a first name and an email address. By the way, this is true today. That's how we do it. Now we take that email address and we put it into data enrichment software. And then we find out where they live on the other side of town from the advisor. And now the communication that goes out, the system recognizes where they are and responds to that. I see you're over in the Columbia Heights side of town. Our office is in Newport. By the way nice to meet you thank you for asking for more information on our firm you know that that small thing or what if what if you learn that somebody has children that are of a certain age and then they opt-in you didn't know they were just getting a piece of information you had no idea but now you learn they've got kids that are about to go to college thank you for requesting this information I don't know if you've already planned for your children education or not how that's gonna impact you financially but by the way here's a resource I have that might help you now that is very, very simple AI, because all it's doing is taking the data, looking at it, and then using some variable inputs that have already been created Mm -hmm. to make the message real personalized at scale and and that's the kind of stuff man once once we really get that going we're, we're working on it but once we really do i think it's just going to change the game
0: interesting a lot of advisory firms are still basically small businesses medium-sized businesses they're not doing national campaigns right they're not doing uh, with some exception not doing television campaigns television advertising uh is that going to change too right i mean we have seen some advisory firms some national rias uh, you know put television commercials on the Super Bowl. Uh, no. you know, are we going to see more of that and if so, does that change the way that advisors need to think about marketing and advertising if they start to market themselves more as a consumer company, a consumer large?
1: Yeah. Um, you, you know, it will change things. And and the reason you see some of the bigger firms doing that is because they have bigger resources. Sure. Yeah. Um, we we really don't focus there to be honest, Dave. It's not my my zone of Of Genius because we we really focus on advisors who want to build a presence regionally and there's there's a term It's not mine. It's from a book. I read years ago, but it's called five mile famous And the the premise is there's enough people within five miles of you if you're in a metropolitan area to completely support your business So what we try to do is figure out what the market is and that could also be a niche It could be people all over the country, but they're they're a focused niche and then how do you dominate that market and for most advisors there's plenty of business for that. Now, if you're trying to build a national brand, the whole game changes. You have to spend a lot more, do a lot more, have a bigger team. And that's not really what we're about. But I think any advisor can really become five mile famous. And that's that's what we're trying to help them do, or at least famous in their their niche with their audience.
0: That's great. You, know, you mentioned uh, a book, Five Mile Famous. Uh, I did want to ask you, any other books that you recommend for advisors maybe uh, that can help them think about marketing, think about, or just not even think about marketing, think about uh, life in general. Uh, Any books that uh, spring to mind that you recommend? Yeah, there are
1: so many. I mean, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, Let's see. The Kahneman. Uh, The Blend Out, which I wrote, shameless plug, but I did. It's all about marketing for advisors. Blend Out. Blend Out, yeah. Uh, You know, I've got all these books that I'm reading right now, and you ask Mm. me that question, they just completely go out of my head. I'm reading one about um, critical thinking and asking the right questions, and it would be amazing for advisors. Mm. And I'll have to give you the name of it, and you can put it in the show notes. Okay, but cool. it, it's 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 really about asking deeper questions and helping people to come to realizations. Yeah. Um, and, and there are so many. But that's good. That's
0: great. Well, listen. Uh, you know, uh, I would be remiss also if I didn't uh, congratulate you on the Jolt Conference that you recently held.
1: No, First thank conference
0: you. for yeah. uh, advisor marketing. You know, dedicated yeah. to advisor marketing. Yeah. Uh, fantastic turnout there.
1: Yeah. Great. We're excited uh, about it.
0: And. Acquisition of Advisor Websites, mm-hmm. which adds a whole new dimension to your business. It does, uh, yeah. And do you want to just talk briefly a little bit about that? Uh, you know, What did you see with Advisor Websites? It basically doubled the size of your company. It did, yeah. Uh, and mm. gives you many more tools to use. Yeah. Uh, how are you absorbing that? It's been, what, now? A couple months since you've one been month. Uh, One month. One month, almost So exactly, you know, how, yeah. where, where are you on the roadmap to kind of bring them in and, yeah. and integrating, and, and what can we expect to see?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, to answer your question about where we are, we, we devoted the first month to learning. And that's what we told everybody. We're not going to integrate these companies immediately. We're going to learn. And now everybody's doing SWOT analysis inside of each department, and we're working on the longer-term integration plan. But that doesn't matter. That's inside baseball. Here's what really matters, and I think I want advisors to know and the industry to know. A lot of the things I said today to you about the advisor's brand, I didn't have control over that before. I couldn't affect that because we were doing digital marketing, but we weren't doing their websites, we weren't doing their branding, mm. we weren't producing video for them, we weren't we weren't doing all that stuff. And now we can. And that's what I'm excited about because I see so much opportunity for advisors to create a presence that's really compelling and attractive, uh, differentiated. There's there's so much replication of, of ideas because advisors end up just kind of copying other advisors who are successful and 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 we really want to change that. You know, even websites, there are so many things that you can do with them to make the opt-ins higher, to make like it's there there's a whole mentality about websites that's really a throwback that you want to create all this content on your website so people stay there longer and read and read and read. Yeah. But but in reality, what you want is you want them to go there, see a message that resonates with them, build enough trust to submit an inquiry. Yeah. Like that's the real goal of a website. So how can you do that faster? You know, and and, and then what if they really don't want to submit their email. Is there an option for them to just text you right from your website to make it fast? Like these are the kind of innovations that w- we already have the ability to do with websites. And so between the the creative work that we want to apply there and then the technology we want to apply there, we just we, our goal is to just make a website more than just a static brochure, but make it a real authority building platform, a real sales enabler. And, and that's what I'm excited about. And that's what you're going to see from us as we start to roll out new innovations.
0: Well, we look forward to it. Look yeah. forward to watching the journey. Thanks very much, Thank Robert you, Sophia. Thanks very much for joining it's us.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And this has been the Advisor Innovations Webcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. LPL Financial is a separate entity from and not affiliated with WealthManagement.com.